everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast on what appears to be the first real day of autumn. I don't know. It went from 900 degrees to 9 degrees in about five hours last night. But we're red hot in the studio no matter what. We've got a great show today. We're going to have a roundtable discussion all around a, a, an event that's coming up uh, uh, that really focuses on a plant-based and vegan uh, and vegan lifestyles on on both of them, um, and it's all founded. Well, actually, we're going to find out about the difference between living a vegan lifestyle and living a plant-based lifestyle because there's some there's some different there are things about that. She's so smart. No, only because I learned earlier. Uh, well, the minute you walked in the room that first night, I said, I want to marry her because she's smart. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, so uh, Compassion Over Killing uh, is a, a, a great organization that says we should love animals and not eat them. Mm-hmm. And it was founded by a lady named Erica Meyer who's been on this show. You're uh, you're getting close to being our... Uh... You've been on quite a few times. Right, you're like, like you're almost. Three? You're almost this, is three. this might be three or four. You're, you're kind yeah. of a Steve Martin here now. No, well, uh, let's not get crazy. She's the executive director and founder of Compassion Over Killing, um, and she is the also founder of a great event that's the largest vegan festival on the East Coast called Veg Fest, and it's a free festival of food, music, education, and inspiration, and it's happening at the Yards next Saturday. Right? Yeah, this coming Saturday. This coming yeah, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Right, this coming Saturday at the Yards near Nat Stadium. It's a free festival. You're going to hear all about that. But she's also brought in some friends from the movement who are <laughs> going to be telling you about um, you know what they're up to. Um, we'll have on the phone Eric Lindstrom, who's the marketing director for Compassion Over Killing and author of a really cool book, The Skeptical Vegan. I know, I'm very interested. That would describe me. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, Compassion Over Killing's uh, vegan food and lifestyle coach Jessica Carter's here. Uh, Chef Bev Kumari, who's author of Nouveau V, dun, 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 the new renaissance of vegan and and vegetarian cuisine. And she's an exec chef with Marriott, right? Sous chef. Some kind of chef with Marriott. Anyways, what do I know? I don't and know. It would help if you read the work. I read the work. Okay. It said something about Hilton Garden Inns. There was all kinds of stuff. It's now Hilton. Okay, she's nodding. Okay. Either that or her head's loose. I don't know what's happening over there. All right, and Tamara Ray Stevenson, she's a culinary nutritionist, meal healer, and founder of the Native Salt Kitchen. And she's got a she's going to lead our drink segment today, pouring juices like Black Love Libation and Glorious Green Smoothie. And I see them, and they look good. So um, first, we're going to go to Mitch Berliner at Central Farm Markets and find out. Speaking of produce and living a vegan lifestyle, he's got more produce than anybody in the city. Are you there? We have a ton of produce. You know, I just want to start off by saying you lied to me, and you know why? Because you said it never rains on your farmer's markets. I ha. know. You said that last uh, two weeks ago. Ha. It hasn't rained on our farmer's market on Sunday in five years. Oh five my years. God. Right. We're well, cursed. It happened today, but you know what? The loyalists are out, and they're buying their beautiful, still summer vegetables, peaches, nectarines, first Asian pears of the season. Of course, we also have all the other stuff year-round. Are you mainly raised meat, poultry, fish, pickles, breads? Got lots of things for the Jewish New Year. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the things you have for uh, the Jewish holidays, because it's really nice that the farmer's market um, 
has hollows yes. and things like that, ready, just yes. getting ready for the holiday. Well, we try to get ready. If you read our blog this week, it talked about um, different New Year's around the world. It was actually super interesting, mm-hmm. written by one of our um, farmers, Sandra Miller, who writes our blog. Everything from Africa, all over Europe, every place people have based their calendars on the solar calendar. And uh, so it was very interesting. And this, of course, is the uh, Jewish New Year. And so there's all kinds of honey and apples, apple cakes. I can't believe so it. I know it's yeah. supposed to be apple season, but is it really apple season? I feel like, are oh, we still apple- doing peaches? Oh, no, no, no. We still, we still got peaches. Mm-hmm. And me, for me personally, I don't eat apples till the last peach is gone. That's how I feel. <laughs> well, that's how I feel. So I'm right there with you. But um, we have beautiful, uh, the last peach of the season, it's called Snow White. The last nectarine of the season is called Zephyr. I'm getting and depressed. I got a gun in my mouth here. I, I can't well, be over. It can't be over already. Back. It can't uh, be. Well, it's. Well, we've got another few weeks of it, and then uh, we've got the Asian pears and 30 different types of apples, but we still have all the beautiful heirloom tomatoes and all that kind of stuff. So come on down. I would urge every single listener, whether it's the Central Farm Markets or wherever, rain or shine, come out and support your farmers and your artisan food producers. They're all out here at our markets and all the markets, so... You got Everybody it. Everybody, do that. And let's join me in a moment of prayer because our pool closes today. Okay. It's the end. It's yeah, all I, over. That, that, well, you still got the Shriver Center there in uh, Rockville and other uh, municipal pools open year round. There you go. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Mitch. God bless you, my son. All right. Okay. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you. CentralFarmMarkets.com for all the information. Have a wonderful day. You too. You too. Uh, Lashana Tova, my dear. I love yeah. him. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh, okay. Erica. Yeah. Let's talk about the organization you founded and you and how this all happened. Right, let's, let's talk talk a little bit about beginning. your background and then Compassion Over Killing and how that happened. Yeah, I've been at Compassion Over Killing um, for well over 10 years now. And we've been, we were founded in the D.C. area and we focus on farm animal advocacy. So that means, as you mentioned earlier, we empower people to not eat animals and to think of animals as their friends, not food. Stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel too judged here. No. So a lot of the work that we do involves um, undercover investigations going inside the factory farms and slaughterhouses and bringing those pictures to the public because most people don't know what happens behind these closed doors and they don't know because the industry is intentionally preventing the public from seeing that. And another component of that is now empowering people to choose vegan food, to Mm -hmm. learn about what's really happening. And most people want to start aligning their values um, with their food choices. And so we now have been celebrating for 10 years the mm-hmm. D.C. Veg Fest. And that brings in uh, about 20,000 people to celebrate all the benefits and flavors of vegan That's eating. Pretty amazing. Well, so like, I, but I want to back up a little bit because when you guys started the organization, were you, was it more about, we want to educate people about how to have a vegetarian lifestyle? Or was it more about, we need to expose 
the way these big ag farms are behaving? Like what was what were your pri- priorities initially and then how did it evolve over time? Yeah, it was a little bit of both, but the investigations component didn't happen for a few years after we were founded. Mm-hmm. But there was an interest in trying to figure out how do we let people know what's really happening behind closed doors. And it wasn't initially on founding. It was an or- organization focused on animal rights very broadly. So we would try to talk about issues relating to vivisection, that's animals being tested on in laboratories, Mm-hmm. as well as what, what's happening at circuses and people are wearing fur coats, like where that fur is coming from. And then we decided to narrow down our focus to... They're old coats. I can't <laughs> help it. Stop looking at me. Do you want to talk about your diet last night? Because I can I can name every piece Go of ahead. animal that Go you ahead. named Go me ahead. last I had, night. I did have steak. What else did I have? Go ahead. I'm just saying. Don't like I think you suck. throw me under the we bus. Throw, we ought to, first of all, we ought to throw those coats away. And secondly, I don't have to participate in buying another one. I okay. love it. Yes, please continue, Erica. So so a lot of the work that we're doing is it's twofold. One mm-hmm. is is letting people know what's happening, like trying to find that information to share with people. Mm-hmm. And then as more and more people are learning about what happens behind the closed doors of, of animal agribusiness, then the next step is giving them the tools they need to start down that path of taking those products out of their diet and embracing a plant-based lifestyle. You know, we, I, I mean, I, I, I do very uptight when you're in here <laughs> every time, um, which might be why Nikki keeps inviting you back. But it's so, I mean, having, you know, meat and fish, uh, you know, all forms of meat and fish is so ingrained in our culture. Oh, sure. It's I, mean, a, I mean, it's a habit we develop from childhood. It's, it's, it's not a, ha- it's like an addiction. It's not a habit. I mean, I, I've tried to, to, to just cold turkey it. And, um, and after about, you know, really, I think the longest I ever really went was about a week. And then I was like, yeah, just take a little taste of it, just to remind me of what. And then you fall back into it. It's kind of probably like being a smoker. Yeah, there's and a lot of comfort to foods we're familiar with as well. Is there a well. course you can take? <laughs> well, well, we'll have Jess Carter, our vegan food and lifestyle coach, coach you through that. But there, I mean, there's... You better have her move in with us. The, the, one of the challenges is the social fabric that food presents to us, right? Food isn't just about nutrition. It's right. not just about the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's about the holidays we celebrate. It's about, it's you know, about the family values. I and, mean, even mm-hmm. in restaurants, and while... The D.C. restaurant scene is way more accommodating to vegetarians and vegans than than they were just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, if you were a vegetarian, you would get a either a plate of pasta or a plate of carrots. I mean, like, you know, they're just there weren't people doing. Well, even now, the, the one vegetarian dish often is just a throwaway. OK, that's like... totally not true. You're completely oh, oh, wrong. Right. On that. They're all great. You're I right. didn't say they're all great. I just did you just not hear what I said? I know, but I'm the saying DC community, even now, no, 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 that is not true. The D.C. community, the disagree. D.C. chef community, because you know this so well, the D.C. chef community this is our first fight, actually <laughs> has a lot of vegetarian and vegan options that are really thoughtful and well produced. Fancy Radish just opened down on 8th Street. I, I've never been to Fancy Radish. But I, well, that's I would agree with out. Nikki on this one. Yeah, you think you're all wrong. the restaurants are not, not all. all. Right, that's what I was saying. Okay, I didn't but say all a, of them. No, but there's a growing number of restaurants. Unconventional diner? And they had a. They did have a. a they good had looking, multiple. Yeah, there I'm wasn't saying. just one dish. There were but, multiple right, vegan stop, friendly dishes. Get off that 
soapbox. I'm okay. saying David had a lot of stuff on there that was great, but not every restaurant does. A lot of them are still, you know, that, you know, like it's a plate of broccoli. There's and a definitely plate of- a growing number. I mean, the D.C. area community is definitely recognizing the value. And it's, in the restaurant industry, it's called a veto vote. So in, in the average thought is in the restaurant community that one out of maybe six or seven people, they're going to want a plant based meal. And so that one person is going to guide the entire group where they go eat. So the veto vote is a concept that more and more restaurants are mm. applying to vegan options, well, making sure it's on their menus. And I'm going to add to that. I think there's that the vote is true when people go out together. And it's not just vegan or plant-based living. It's also people are now gluten-free. People can't eat peanuts. I mean, there's a lot of dietary restrictions that people are adhering to that 25 years ago was not a part of communal dining. It wasn't part of the conversation. It certainly wasn't affecting restaurants. So I think you have a lot of these things and restaurants are realizing, and we can talk with the chef uh, later in the show, about that they have to accommodate if they want to be a successful business. All right, let me jump in because we're going to go and talk to these folks in a minute. Give us 90 good seconds on VegFest just right, as a Right, and then we're going to have some Yeah, juice. okay. Uh, starting with the website, dcvegfest.com. That's mm-hmm. where you can get all the information. It is Saturday, September 15th. It's 11 to 6. Mm-hmm. It's at Yards Park, which is across from the Navy Yard Metro Station on the Green Line. The event is free, so we invite everyone to come out. It's not just for vegetarians or vegans. Their job, vegetarians and vegans, is to bring out their pre-vegan friends and family. Mm-hmm. That's optimistically stated. <laughs> Without being judged. Well, I think a lot <laughs> of people about, feel... about be- 20,000 people coming out, there are definitely a lot of pre-vegans there interested in exploring the options. We have food samples all over this year, and Jess Carter will talk about our Tri-Veg tasting booth. It's just going to be cooking up food and serving out free samples all day long. We have all these other vendors giving out free samples. The first 1,000 people will get a tote bag loaded with free product samples. Which you brought in today. Which Tess, you can, can you see like, here. get in on that, please? Yeah, we've got... Oh, um, we should mention, we're on uh, Facebook Live at Nikki Nellis. Right. And um, and you can bring your kids because we have a great activity zone just for kids. And mm-hmm. Tambra will talk a lot about that. And we'll have cooking demonstrations. And Bev Kumari is one of our chefs who's going to be on the main stage. Fabulous. Uh, and we have a beer garden. She's a pistol. There's a barking <laughs> lot for dogs. So you can bring your canine friends. So it's it's a it's an event for everyone. There's something for everyone, and it is designed to be fun and festive. Excellent. All right. So well we're going to have you sit with 87 us. 87 seconds. We're going to have you um, sit with us for the whole show um, so that we can have a real communal talk about all this with our future guests. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're talking vegetarian lifestyles and plant living, plant-based living lifestyles. Uh, Maybe it's something you should consider incorporating into yours. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We've got Erica Meyer in here. She's the founder and executive director of Compassion Over Killing and also the Mm. founder of VegFest, which comes up next Saturday at the Yards. And, and we got a bunch of juices in well, front of wait, us. We've got all of her her peeps in from that from that event, and one of them mm. is pouring juices. Uh, Tambra, I, I got to get it right. Tambra Stevenson, I did it right. Also known as Tambourine and Band. Okay, but you got to stand in front Good of the mic. Lord. All right, so she's a culinary nutritionist, and she's the founder of Native Salt Kitchen, and she's cooking up juices. But give us a little on your background and how you got to where we all are here. Thank you for having me this rainy morning. Um, so I'm Tamborae Stevenson. I'm a mom nutritionist. I am originally from Oklahoma, where I studied nutrition and went to Tufts for Public Health. Oh, um, and I, where uh, the wind comes. With okay, you. let her exactly. Speak. And so for me, um, growing up in Oklahoma in a family 
riddled with heart disease, diabetes, cancer. It really impacted my desire to be a doctor uh, initially until I learned about nutrition. And it was almost kind of like going through the transfiguration of Jesus, <laughs> learning about how much fat was in chitlins and just all these holiday traditions and realizing, you know, the food should be our medicine and our meal should heal us and not kill us. And so now having children um, with a daughter who ended up having cavities in preschool and a teacher not really working with me on creating a healthier lifestyle. Um, and even though I'm on the Food Policy Council, it felt like we needed a, a cultural shift in the community. And it starts one individual, one family advocating um, at a time. And so my son is first to talk about, you know, the importance of eating vegetables and drinking his water, which to me was not the case when I was a kid. It was sure. all about ho-ho ding-dongs and, and going get I your mean, fresca. to be fair. Wait, we're knocking ho-ho ding-dongs? There is something to say. There, I mean, there is something to say about ho-ho and ding-dongs. Yeah, I, mean, I just want to say place. it's a good thing Nikki's father, the doctor, is not here with us today. He's a ho-ho ding-dong guy. Um, all right. And, and how did you get into juicing? Is this your... So it's not... Actually, all of this is blended. It's not even juice because I really do believe in maintaining the vitamins and minerals mm -hmm. and the fiber that plants provide. And we have whole bodies and we should eat whole foods. Right. Um, so I created Native Soul Kitchen years ago with a focus around really how can we teach the community how to put your fork where your faith is mm -hmm. and also how that our heritage can be our medicine. Um, and so a lot of times there was a recent article that a colleague, Shermaine Jones, wrote in Huffington Post about white people food. And it's gotten a lot of visibility because it's a real issue. We think that eating plants, eating really things that are part of our ancestral heritage has somehow got co-opted to believe someone else's diet. And so for me, Around Native Soul is about really an acronym for nourishing authentic traditions, including values, sustainability, organic and local, and also spirituality, oneness and love, that we're all designed to have a purpose and that purpose should be fueled with foods that get us on our path mm -hmm. and foods that are rich in nutrients um, like the hibiscus flowers that we have here today. Okay, well, let's pick one to start because we're going to yes, come back one, to you right? again. Yeah, exactly. So which one are we starting so with? So we're starting with the hibiscus. It's okay. just like the color of your blood. So it's all about good heart health. I have heart health issues in my family. And so this is with um, ginger, lavender, hibiscus, and sweetened just it's with pineapple lovely. juice. It's really lovely. Thank okay, you. we're going to have this and then we're going to get back to you in a little bit of the show. Yes. Okay? And we're going to get on Put to... Put a little gin in there and... <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, you could spike I can't it. Help it. Let's face it, everybody. I'm going to hell. Okay. Um, on the phone is Eric Lindstrom. Eric is the uh, marketing director for um, uh, uh, Erica's group, um, and uh, you just you're relatively new to Compassion Over Killing, right? Eric, are you That's there, right, Eric? Yeah. You Hi are there. there. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Hey. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, I really love some. I would love some healthy juice. Uh, trust me. I'll pour it into I the microphone. It. I know it's really delicious. <laughs> you. Oh, but delicious. you were with the farm animal rights movement uh, previous to this, and how did how did you come to do that, and then and move over to COK? Well, I was uh, the director of marketing for farm animal rights movement, and with that group, I was managing four sort of major programs that have been around for decades, in fact. Um, and so, when those programs were uh, carefully and lovingly um, handed over to uh, Erica Meyer and Compassion Over Killing. Uh, as Alex Hershaft, the founder of Farm, knew they would be uh, well managed with this uh, with the DC group, um, they transferred some 
personnel over with it. And I was very fortunate to be one of those people. So I went from being director of marketing communications for environmental rights movement to being director of marketing for compassion over killing. And you're also, you're an author. Uh, Your new book is the skeptical vegan. I like that. When I first read it, I thought it said the skeptical virgin and I had to go back and look at it again. I take it. We're really talking about veganism. Well, you know, it's funny. The whole time Tamara Ray's talking, I'm like, I need to be more like that <laughs> um, in terms of, like, eating healthier. And I do know what it all means. I mean, my background in veganism, in fact, comes from the whole foods, plant-based direction that Dr. Gregors, Dr. Esselstyn, uh, Dr. Campbell, T. Colin Campbell's a good friend of mine. I know what I'm supposed to be eating. But if you've read the book or if you uh, even looked at some of the expert excerpts from the book, it's more about... Uh, survival mode. It's about, you know, uh, uh, coming up with ways in which everyone can go vegan and approaching it from being vegan for the animals. And so I don't eat the healthiest diet. I'm eating a much healthier diet than I was when I was an omnivore. You know, I ended up ultimately losing 30 pounds. I feel a million times better. My doctors are shocked and amazed at my checkups. How old so are you? I'm doing, you make it I'm, sound like you're 150. <laughs> well, I went vegan late in life. I mean, I was How old is this guy? When I did it, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I'm okay, you're you're you're, you're not answering Eric, the question. Eric, you're avoiding my question. How old are you? <laughs> I, I'm 51. Okay. Oh, that's nothing. I got underwear that old. Come on. <laughs> He's not lying. I'm wearing it today. In fact. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So so I mean, all right. So you you obviously came over from the dark side. So let's just we don't have the whole show to talk about your progress, uh, your your process. But can, can you can you tell us a little bit about how you went from living this kind of, you know, a, a regular meat and potato kind of lifestyle to becoming a vegan? Yeah, well, it was a challenge set forth uh, to me by my wife, who uh, was vegetarian already. And she also has celiac. So she eats okay. you know, a meat free diet. Mm hmm. Uh, of really giving up cheese, which she was addicted to, but she also was suffering from what I like to call lactose intolerance denial syndrome. So okay. She didn't believe she had lactose intolerance, but she does. Mm-hmm. And so for her, it was giving up eggs. And so she came home one day and said she wanted to go vegan. And I, an omnivore with strong leanings toward carnivore, uh, for some reason at that point said, well, I'll do it with you. No, it was going to feel better. I needed to do something at that stage in my life to suddenly make a change. Um, and then after the 31st day of a 30-day vegan challenge, I placed it, I turned it into a bet. And so seven years later, it's the bet I refused to lose. So I really went vegan on a challenge that became a bet. A bet. And now my life, um, my, pers- my personal and professional lives have forever changed by going vegan. I mean, two book deals, a YouTube channel, working for one of the Say no more. I just became a vegan. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can do it. Just... Um, and that's what my, yeah, that's what my but wait a minute. Wait, wait. Where, where's my book deal? <laughs> I just, I mean, it doesn't happen that fast. No, it doesn't happen that fast. Um, and and so you're going to be at VegFest, correct? Oh, yes, yeah. And you're cartooning? So this. Yeah, they're putting me in the kids' zone. It's like being sad at the kids' table. You sound like you're perfect for the kids' zone. Mm-hmm. Exactly Candidly. right. So I'm drawing cartoons and teaching kids and parents how to draw and then after that, I'm going to do a book signing for both of my books, The Skeptical Vegan, and a new book that just came out last month, The Smart Parents Guide to Raising Vegan Kids. And he has vegan kids. That's amazing. Yes, I have two, two toddlers uh, who are vegan, and Cooper can lift a Volkswagen over his head, uh, and Paisley is extremely healthy, uh, having to avoid being attacked by Cooper. 
Well, how old are your kids? I'm just curious. Uh, Cooper's five and Paisley's three and a half. Okay. Right, what I want to see if, this kid lift a Volkswagen. Well, thing. I'm just sort of curious. What if they come back to you in 10 years and say... I want a Big Mac, Daddy. Right. Yeah. I want a Big Mac, Daddy. Daddy. How, what will you do? Well, one of the things that, that I put in the book, and, and Dr. Tom Campbell, who's uh, T. Colin Campbell's son, he's a plant-based mm-hmm. medical doctor in Rochester, New York. One of the things that we keep saying is that until they can shop and go to the grocery store and prepare their own meals, they're pretty much at the mercy of what the parents are doing. Right. That's fact. Mm-hmm. Oop, you're jumping out. Uh-oh. We're having a little, we're, we're having a transmission problem there. They're eating everything, all the fruits and vegetables. They're very, very healthy. So mm-hmm. we do expect some pushback at some point, but at this point, they're very happy. All okay, right. well, that's great. All right, Eric, we're going to look yeah. for you at the event, and, and yeah. I want to read The Skeptical Vegan. You should. And okay. I think okay. next book should be The Skeptical Virgin, but we'll talk about that on another show. Okay? All right, Eric, thank you. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much. Chef, okay. Chef Bev. Well, we have two minutes. Why don't we, Chef Bev, why don't you take a seat, but why don't we talk about one of these other drinks okay. that have been poured? Let's talk about the green one. Can What's we talk the about green the green one? one? Okay, you got to stand in front of the mic, though. Okay. Thank you. So we have Glorious Green Smoothie. So that's a blend of uh, kale, coconut water, and bananas. It's delicious. <laughs> so now, are these recipes that you came up with on your yeah, own? Yeah, just... This is all about using simple ingredients that, again, I'm I'm in a, I'm in War 8. And so that's where I started with my parish, creating a culinary ministry at St. Teresa. And so when people were more skeptical about the healthy foods versus the traditional, you know, fried fish dinners mm-hmm. on a Friday um, at the Catholic Church, it was kind of like, you know, this is, yeah, how do we start putting the faith where your fork is? And, right. And how do we start transforming our spaces into healing garden spaces? Um, because there's a I lot like of... that line, put your faith where the fork is. Yeah, that should be a bumper so sticker. You know, I mean, listen, a lot of people talk about Ward 7 and 8 and mm-hmm. food access and the Most food definitely. deserts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot... We've talked with a lot of people who are doing, you know, trying to bring... Farmers markets to those areas, food education to the areas, because yeah. um, you know you can't buy food at the bodega, right? Like you right. need to have access to fresh produce. Yes, um, but there's also the education side, which most is, definitely, if you didn't grow up with fresh produce, if it wasn't a part of your diet, or if, you know you right. didn't have access, there's a whole education process. It's that has true to go with because it. even even though we have SNAP, which is about creating uh, affordable access to food, mm-hmm. um, I said if there was ever a project, just put a camera on every checkout and see how even though you have access, you know, with SNAP to buy food, that without the nutrition education, you're still buying right. bulk loads of meat, uh, oil products, uh, white refined grains. Sure. And that is a recipe for diabetes, heart disease and cancer. And so that's why to me, why I chair nutrition education for our food policy council, because the nutrition education plus healthy food access that's how we start applying um, the knowledge and, and changing our communities. Amazing. Okay. Well, well that's, we go to we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk Chef about... Before Chef Bev screws up the whole presentation. <laughs> and, and <laughs> stuff over. And... This is David and Nikki Nellis <laughs> with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking VegFest. We're talking Compassion Over Killing. Uh, I just want to thank our sponsors briefly. The terrific Market at River Falls where... You can get all kinds of stuff for barbecuing and vegetables and all sorts of things there uh, in the heart of Potomac. Our friends at ProFish 
Our friends at Central Farm Markets, you heard Mitch Berliner this morning. Great markets with li- almost literally hundreds of vendors. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's bring on Chef Bev. All right. So tell us properly, Chef, where you're Kamari. working now. Bev <laughs> Bev I Kamari. work everywhere. Yeah. Author, yeah. chef. But where where do you work? Okay, I work at the Hilton Garden Inn, and I'm an executive chef there. Okay. I consult with the Marriott on vegan menus and vegan items for um, their banquets. So when she said Marriott, or you said Marriott, you weren't incorrect. Oh, okay. I was I was close to incorrect. And you're an <laughs> author as well, right? Yes. Um, I um, wrote a vegan and vegetarian cookbook called Novo V, The New Renaissance of Vegan and Vegetarian Cuisine. Mm-hmm. And along with me um, were co-writers, Doug De La Reza, um, Abdella Aganow, and Chef J.J. Layton. But- and what were you, so tell us, tell us first how you, you weren't born you wouldn't grow up eating vegan? No, she like, was born. No, you know what I mean. <laughs> Where did, when did you become more, or you said plant-based? Like, let's start there. Okay, so I'm you not, corrected me earlier. Yeah. Okay. There's, I, there's, there's, I think people need to understand plant-based and, and veganism. Veganism really, to me, um, is a philosophy. It's, it's, I'm an ethical vegan. Mm-hmm. I chose to be vegan because I don't believe that you harm the soul of any living being. Mm-hmm. And that includes animals. Mm-hmm. Um, plant-based, I think, um, they're more transitioned towards a healthier whole foods plant-based diet. Okay. And there are plant-based vegans, mm-hmm. and and that's that's good. Um, I'm not a plant-based vegan. Right. So when you say plant-based, <laughs> it means they don't eat any of the like produced well, they, products. They, they try right? not to. They try to stay away from oils and the fats and the white uh, sugars and the white uh, flours. Yes, the processed, processed foods. foods. Yeah. Whereas vegans, we we're trying to get to that point. Right. But, yeah. We're not like that. Listen, it's hard so, to take <laughs> processed foods out of your diet in general, yeah. no matter how you eat. Well, it, it is difficult, but you can do it. Sure. You can do it. I Absolutely. guess the most burning question is, since you lived in Italy, why is it Nouveau and not Nuovo? <laughs> well, you? because I love the French. <laughs> <There> <laughs> <you> <laughs> All right. Vergogna. So, well, let's talk about what's in your book. What were you trying to showcase? I was trying to reach reach vegans and vegetarians. Okay. Not trying. I, I did reach vegans mm-hmm. and vegetarians because I didn't want to just push something where not everyone could use that. Mm-hmm. And so there are vegetarians still out there, believe it or not, there are vegetarians still out there that are trying to transi- transition into veganism. Okay. And so I wrote um, the the cookbook in the instance that, okay, so I can transition into this. Mm-hmm. So there are milk-based and there are cheeses in my in Yeah, my I was going to say, I'll bet there are people listening who really don't know the difference between being a vegetarian and being a vegan. There's well, a, because vegetarians can be... You can that's be a pescata- diet also. I mean, you can be a pescatarian. I mean, you know, like there's... There's so many different... You can be diets. a presbyterian, but yeah. what's, the difference, what's the difference between a vegan... A vegan eating fish. That's right. Uh, uh, between being a vegetarian and being a vegan. Again, vegetarian is a diet. Of vegetables. It, yeah. Well, I'm, well, no. You no. can be a pescatarian. You can be lacto-ovo vegetarian. I mean, there's, there's diverse diets in vegetarian. Right. So, I mean, I, that wasn't like that in the 70s. In the 70s, you were a vegetarian. That's right. how it was. But now, but wasn't it in the 70s if you just didn't eat meat? You know what I mean? You're a vegetarian. Like, you're a vegetarian. Yeah. You know, whereas now people have more selective diets. I don't want to eat meat or I don't want to eat veal exactly. or I don't want to eat, you know, I whether it's for uh, health reasons or social reasons, you know, people sort of have decided where their hard line is yes. on what they want to eat. Yes, it was it's it was it's changed because I think people are trying to be politically correct now mm-hmm. or they're trying to accommodate what they believe. Sure. So. 
Absolutely. So. Now, what is your role at the festival this year? Well, I'm going to be doing a cooking demonstration, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be demoing a vegan fruit ceviche. Okay. It's the same thing that goes in a ceviche, all the marination, but I'm taking that to a different level with fruits. Okay, so how does that work? So with a, a, a fish ceviche, mm-hmm. you know, whether you marinate you, it, you marinate it, and the acid cooks the. Fish. I have the same acid in the. Okay. I have the same acid in the. I'm sorry. I have the same acid that's in the fruits. Okay. That the, the it does lime, the same thing. The, although I'm adding some proprietary ingredients. Okay, you're not going to tell us exactly. I sure you will. You have not. to go It'll, to the demo. Marijuana. It's a vegetable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, well, you know, it's appropriate to bring in Jessica now because I think part of. You know, we were talking about how I learned not to be a vegetarian or vegan by eating meat. You know, mom put on, it was meat and potatoes. You're going to be working with, with kids at the event. Am I correct? Well, I'll be serving kids and adults alike. I'm actually going to be organizing the TriVeg tasting booth. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be sampling recipes all day that are original recipes from featured chefs. I'm one of the featured chefs there. And we'll also be highlighting different vegan brands. So... We've got some yummy stuff we're cooking well, up. Well, let me here. remind people. Does, wait, okay. Jessica's the food and lifestyle coach. I'm the vegan food at, and lifestyle at, coach. At Compassion Over Killing. Mm-hmm. And lifestyle is really the key here because yeah. if you start them young, obviously. But what gonna... does that mean? How do you assist people? Like, what's your role and how do you work with people? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's all about giving people the tips and resources that they need to transition to and maintain a balanced vegan lifestyle. So that includes everything from recipe development to cooking demos to doing YouTube videos um, mm-hmm. that actually talk about aspects of vegan living. Um, we do a lot of content on triveg.com. That's our vegan lifestyle website that we host at Compassion Over Killing. Mm-hmm. And so we have um, you know, lists of vegan products that you should try out, but it's not just about eating. So we're moving into the new year, focusing more on beauty, body, home brands that are also sure. vegan friendly as well because it extends beyond your diet. But a Skincare, lot of care, pe- exactly, right? exactly. But people have lots of questions about what to eat because food is such a thing that's, you know, co- uh, connected to emotion and memory that you want to have comfort foods, foods that you remember, as well as exploring new things. So we try to find the balance between introducing new flavors along with recreating the flavors that you know and love using plant based foods. Okay. Uh- Yes. Well, I was going to say, I know it's part of your deal is you're going to have a barking lot there for people's dogs. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. That's, you know. Well, people people love their but dogs. But you have vegan dogs. There are vegan dogs now, right? There, there are vegan dogs. There's vegan dog food. There's vegan dog treats that will be at the barking lot as well as. Our dogs had asparagus for breakfast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and they like they they it? Well, not only asparagus. <laughs> we mix it in. Yes. Right. No, I mean, dogs love vegetables. We have dogs in our office who love blueberries and carrots and cucumbers. So we have some veggie eating dogs in our office as well. (laughs) Now, what are some of the products that are going to be at the festival? So there'll be lots of products. Um, We have things. One of my favorite new products that I learned about this year is Jada Chicken Salt. It's like a vegan chicken bouillon that you can sprinkle on food that gives it a chicken flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, We're working with a brand called (coughs) Sunshine Burgers. I'll actually be... Um, cooking up and serving vegan Reuben quesadillas during my um, tasting booth hour. Wait, and vegan Reuben quesadilla? What's yeah. in that? So we have a barbecue sunshine burger, which is a plant-based burger patty. And then we have sauerkraut, um, Russian dressing oh, made with vegan good. tartar sauce. Mm-hmm. And then we have the mini street taco tortillas. So we'll be using some vegan um, gouda cheese as well. So it's really, really tasty. Yum. Yeah, we'll be cooking up uh, vegan chili I, I, I using jackfruit. That. That you totally good. can. You totally can. And I think also part of it is like sometimes people have hangups about labels. So it's just like if I put good food in front of you and you taste it and you like it, okay, this is something I can do. So I think that's a big part of what DC Veg Fest is about and the cooking demos that we host is just like 
here's good food, eat it. If you like good food, you're going to enjoy plant-based food. And then you kind of get over some of the hangups because you're like, oh, here's a wide variety of things that I can eat. Well, so I want to bring in Bev on that because I think for some people, the thought of going vegan or plant-based is the amount of work that has to go into planning to feed yourself and feed people around you. How would you talk to people about that? Well, I think, like she said, um, whatever we had a a familiarity with, Mm -hmm. foods (laughs) (laughs) whatever is familiar to us, Mm -hmm. the foods that we loved before, those things can be veganized. Mm -hmm. You can make them paleo. You can make them anything that you want. But what happens is that people become lazy. Mm -hmm. And so they become compliant, complacent. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right here. I mean, he doesn't cook. Yeah, well, see. I'm the poster boy for lazy. Right. Actually. Well, you can well, turn no. those things. I mean, you know, people Look in the want... dictionary under the word lazy. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, in this world where so much is available food wise, you know, the, whether it's grab and go mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. and even that there's an, even though there is elevated foods out there, I do think people are like, how much work is it going to take? Like, it how doesn't. much work is it going to take? What's, what's take the biggest movement in, in dining? Fast casual. Right. Yes, know? exactly. exactly. And you can do that. Now, I do upscale vegan. Mm-hmm. So most of my foods are gourmet vegan foods, mm-hmm. like bouffe bourguignon. I can turn bouffe well, bourguignon she goes into. throwing French at us. Oh, right. so it's okay, better. Be steak and Okay, yeah. <laughs> I turn that into a vegan meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to use fake meats, you can use mushrooms to do so a bouffe bourguignon. So let me ask you a question. Okay. A How... champignon bourguignon. When you're a chef at, and I love Hilton Garden Inns, by the way. Well, you have to come in and dine with I us. Do. But, I mean, you're obviously preparing foods that aren't vegan and vegetarian. And always. I do. And so... It's it's difficult for me. Mentally, it's yeah. very difficult for me. Because, again, I'm a vegan because I don't want to harm an animal. Mm-hmm. So every time I have to butcher something, it's in my mind. I bet. It's in my mind. Okay. You're a mess. You need a couch to lie. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> come see me. It's only 160 an hour, but I'm sure you're Forget healthy. Forget about it. Well, I want to just to Tamara for a minute you have one more juice and I want to talk about your you brought a doll and a book you have this whole other thing that you do and I want to talk about that a little bit yes so the drink um that we have to finish is Caribbean citrus refresher Mm -hmm. so it's just um again mango pineapple and orange and you blend with water and that's it (laughs) so for those I like all the juices because they're um well, not the hibiscus one, but the green one and this one both are, um, there's pieces in that. And I love that. You know what I mean? Yes, it makes exactly. It feel... it's, it's character like my hair. So <laughs> well, I definitely drink. do that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. And let's talk about. It's funny. Your... You don't look Jewish. <laughs> okay. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about. Oh, you're cute. Wanda. <laughs> yes. So Wanda is a 51 c 3 nonprofit in D.C. and in Nigeria. It's an acronym for Women Advancing Nutrition, Dietetics, and Agriculture. And I founded it on how do we inspire a new generation of food heroes like little Wanda, our mascot, who's a talking doll that teaches kids their ABCs of African heritage foods, all the countries, as well as empowerment phrases like, will you be a healthy eater, reader, and leader, or diabetes is not my heritage. Mm-hmm. And it's about how can we take toys and books like the words want a bilingual book series and turn them into educational products where kids can learn, have fun, see a character of color that resonates like them, but also recognize in the field of nutrition, we need to diversify it. And we need more girls like little Wanda to lead the food movement because the future of food is female. Okay. So we, people can learn more at IamWanda.org. 
Okay. And now is this going to be participating at the yes. festival as well? So how, the how will that zone, be integrated? Actually. So I'll be leading a cooking demo with kit friendly foods. So doing fruit kebabs and learning how to create hallelujah to the kale salad, as well as sampling our black love libation drink. So actually in the first Where's Wanda book, little Wanda goes to Nigeria and learns about foods like Hasa hibiscus and how to make drinks to fight her grandma's diabetes um who she loves drinking soda and swapping them out to more heritage focused drinks like hasa hibiscus drinks excellent i love that all right and we're it's gonna... all free go yes yes exactly so that is also true <laughs> all right well we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk more about living a plant-based or a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle and and what that means for your health this is david and nikki nellis we'll be back in just a sec all right we're back on fooding the beast with david and nikki nellis having a really pithy conversation about vegan and vegetarian lifestyles and plant-based dining and all that much deeper than I am. I'm so superficial. <laughs> well. But before we get back to that, I just want to thank again our sponsors, the great folks at ProFish with their sustainable seafood. Sorry, It guys. is sustainable. <laughs> it's sustainable, but it's got a face. Uh, the market at River Falls, uh, great wine selection, I mean, foods, everything you need. And actually, for... they have a wonderful um, to-go menu for the Jewish holidays if you're looking for stuff for that. Yeah. Especially for Yom Kippur for Break the Fast. That's right. Central mm -hmm. Farm Markets, amazing. I mean, let's yes. see, Mosaic, Montgomery Mall, mm -hmm. Rockville, where mm -hmm. else? Pike and, and Rose. And Pike and Rose, and in Bethesda. Bethesda. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so let's get back to this. You... Right, so uh, while we were off air, we were talking about addressing being a vegan or plant-living-based lifestyle to everybody in the community. That I feel that out there, there is sort of this sort of feeling that, you know, when you say I'm a vegan, you know, you're sort of rich or white, you know, that it's that it that it's for a specific part of the community. And you're all telling me here today that that doesn't have to be the case, which it shouldn't be. I mean, it, that's not what it is. But how do we go about communicating that it's for all people, all populations, that it's not financially based at all? Yeah, I mean, number one, just the elephant in the room, we have three black women right, here exactly, right. um, that um, are recognizing that part of changing the culture is changing the face of what the movement looks like. And the other part for me is, you know, the love of my family, you know, is understanding as a health communicator as well, understanding what messages resonate with people on getting them to move to change. Mm -hmm. And even my own son saying like, mom, I want you to stick around to see all my accolades. And so how do you make that happen? It's changing my You've lifestyle. You've got a six year old that said accolades. <laughs> He is quite smart. Wow. He did skip, right. he actually. He sounds bright. I don't think, <laughs> Tessie, you know what an accolade is? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so it really... Is that like Kool-Aid? Partly, exactly. <laughs> so actually, not. Black Love is the original Kool-Aid. I'm just saying the hibiscus drink. Right. Um, <laughs> that is a very good well, point. We drank I the, love it. We, we drank, drank the Kool-Aid. Kool yeah, we really Kool are right. the OG Kool-Aid. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it really is understanding that as I mentioned before, like poverty is a big piece of this, that plant-based lifestyle is a cheaper lifestyle if you know how to work with the plants. And that's why I'm a nutrition educator trying to share that um, into the community about how to apply the knowledge. But you got to have access to the plants. You got to the produce. This is true. And that's why urban farms are popping up like Dreaming Out Loud or yep. Chris and understanding like land is crucial to this conversation or as rooftops. well. Rooftops. Exactly. And being able to have access to the seeds and being able to grow them and know how to talk about them and how to prepare the meals. So for me, it's understanding that, you know, we need to ensure that 
plant powered people is good for not only the planet, but it's also good for our communities and understanding that the poor men diet is the better diet. Meat being a social status is not the movement of the future, but it's the movement of the past. Mm -hmm. And if we understand about honing in those messages, like my granddad, he worked for Wilson's meatpacking industry in Oklahoma City. It was a pride to bring home a T-bone steak. You I will bet. not find a T-bone steak up in my house because mm-hmm. he died from coronary heart disease, had strokes, you know, and a broken heart. My grandma died from diabetes and also had a pacemaker. And so for me, to me, that is not the future. I, I became very conscious that my grandma lived to be in her 90s. My my grandparents lived to be in their 70s. My father died in his 50s. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> this right. is getting a little too close. The, right. the pattern should be going the opposite direction Absolutely. if we're supposed to be free. So to me, food is freedom. And how do I start expressing that what freedom looks like from surviving to thriving? And that means going back to more of a poor man's diet and eating more plants. Excellent. Jessica. Yeah. Also building off of what Tamra Get was, in front of um, sure. the mic, please. Building Thank off you. of what Tamra was saying also, um, I think that Showing people how to do it is a big part of it because, I mean, it's one thing to say, here's a list of things you can purchase. It's great to have those type of resources. But for me personally, I I wanted to eat healthier when I initially started going plant-based. And I figured out that the healthy grass-fed meat was way more expensive. I had like $35 a week to feed myself with because I was a just, re, you know, right, just graduated. I yeah, I was, I was just out of college. I was looking for work, you know, so it was one of those things. So I had to navigate like, oh, lentils, black beans and all these veggies and all these fruits. I can eat these in abundance if I'm not so pressed to have meat on my plate as well. So that's where it started for me was thinking creatively. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, we're in the process of planning a video series for Compassion Over Killing where we're going to be showing how to eat at various stores with $35. Here's what you can get at the grocery store for $35 and here's what you can cook with it. So we're working on filming that series and getting that up for the beginning of the year because people need to know how does this work different places? Because, I mean, you can go to CVS and get something. You can go to the dollar store. You can eat at Safeway. It might look different than what you can get at Whole Foods, but there are ways to navigate these different places. And while we want food access everywhere, we also need to be able to navigate with the resources we have available Absolutely. in the communities where we are. No, that's very, very smart. I just one last point I just want to Go say, because right there are people who are going to be listening, to, talking about what about the fats, what about the proteins, and, and find excuses not to do this. And part of that is understanding that you can have complete proteins by combining beans and grains. That's a critical message for them to understand, like whole grains, beans. Yes, beans, you may... Um, you know, let out gas. But what do you think that meat is doing inside of your colon? How do you mm-hmm. think colon cancer happens? You know, just sitting, rotting, festering, free radicals popping off. So you're saying so, farts over fat. Farts over fat. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a new hashtag. That's, title, no, that's, that's, that's a, a hashtag. Title. Excuse me. But that's the title of my new book. Beans, grains. Yes. The whole first There's part of the deal. book will be you got your farts. Right. <laughs> well, I also just want to comment quickly because um, both Chamber and Jessica were just mentioning this idea of meat in your diet and it's more expensive to to get you know grass-fed beef as an example and and i think the way in which we're producing meat today is also worth noting that that factors into our dietary and health choices because you know meat you know decades ago used to be um more of a status symbol it was you know you might have one meat-based meal a -hmm. day and that might be dinner focused around meat and now we eat meat at every single meal and it is so overproduced in this country we have made such cheap meat right. that it is you know in order to raise these animals Unhealthy animals right? yeah you Big pump eggs. them full of, anim- of of antibiotics and they're crammed inside these filthy sheds so you know we are now you know meat is so cheap today mm-hmm. and we're eating so much of it it is destroying our bodies it's destroying the planet well i mean we have talked about this with you before about you know pasture raised and like you know it making 
healthier choices when you are spending money on those products. Yeah. And we'd but all have to eat a lot less meat if we're going to make those choices. Not just for our health, but also for environmental yeah. impact. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we want to talk about some of the big points at the show because we... I well, mean, you've at the, got a bunch of... First of all, the first thousand people are going to get a tote bag. Which we have in studio full here. Full of cool stuff. Gorgeous it's all, stuff. Tessa's showing it to you on, on uh, Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about some of the speakers you got, too, because there's some impressive names here. Yeah, well, I want to mention cheese because we're going to have um, Dr. Neil Bernard from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is going to mm -hmm. talk specifically about our addiction to cheese. I do have an addiction the to cheese. The cheese trap. I love cheese. I yeah, there's an actual addiction. That's I mean, an actual like, addiction. I really love cheese. I mean, so he's going to talk about no, no, how to... Entire body. Yeah, cheese. he's going to talk about how we are basically trapped into eating more and more cheese. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to highlight that. We have one of his books in studio about reversing diabetes and how a plant-based diet not only can help prevent some of the most common ailments in our society today, mm -hmm. you can actually use a plant-based diet and, and exercise to reverse both diabetes and heart disease. So he will be focusing a lot on that. And we are also going to have um, Mike Wolf, who's with Compassion Over Killing. He is a former undercover investigator. He's going to talk about his experience there. Mm -hmm. We have Joe Yonan from the Washington Post. Post. He's been in studio. He's a Joe, food editor. Joe, he's, Joe. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. fantastic. He's going to be doing a vegan cooking demo on, on the main stage. Um, we have Tracy McCorder, and she's been at our event Wait, um, several times. Wait, was all vegan or not? No, no. The first cookbook he did... Uh, was uh, he was cooking for one initially, and then he That's did a vegetarian right. base, but right. now he's vegan, right? He I is mostly vegan. Mostly a lot of vegan. his recipes he's putting out there are vegan right. today. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Um, and Tracy McCorder will be there also. She has her um, first book that came out was By Any Greens Necessary, and now mm -hmm. her new book is called Ageless Vegan. And she'll be talking a lot about the nutritional aspects and bringing it into You're your... You're not vegan. You can point to yourself, <laughs> but you're not vegan. I'm ageless. No, wait, he declared that here. I heard that. We have that recorded, right? That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I so appreciate what you all are doing, and I think it's so important. I believe everybody should be putting less meat in their diet. Mm -hmm. It is a healthier way to live. It is better for our socio-impact, not just here, but you know, all around the world. I, I, I totally agree with all of that, but I'm going to be honest. It's hard. Mm -hmm. I think It's not easy. And it's a real commitment. Which She's you a all devil. Otherwise, I'd be a vegan. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, I'm sure it's my fault. And that's fault. one of the benefits of this event is it's right. you know it is it's it's designed to be a fun way for people to discover new foods well, and hopefully reduce their amount of meat, dairy, and egg consumption uh, and possibly go vegan I at some point this. in we your journey. Right now, the show but I want to tell people you go. There are going to be 115 vendors there. It's going to be a real hoot nanny. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. remember that word, hoot nanny. Nobody knows that word. You remember that word? I was on hoot nanny. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Um, everything you heard about on the show today, you can find on Nikki's website, the list mm -hmm. are you on it dot com. Follow her on WTOP every Thursday at twelve forty. Follow her on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and that's it. Yeah, well, don't follow so, me anywhere. Okay, so next week's show is going to be. I mean, this week's show was fabulous. We certainly talked through a lot. Next week's show, we're going to be doing some really interesting. Things as well. Lisa Comento is coming in. We're going to be talking about how to keep plastics out of the ocean, which I'm very excited about this. Don't uh, put them in the ocean. Well, that's a good start or use less plastic. And then also um, the guys from Miko. It's a new uh, Finnish restaurant over in the DuPont Circle area. They're doing amazing things and I'm looking forward to them coming in. So we want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. If you celebrate the Jewish fun. holidays, La Shana Tova and everybody else, please have a mean, delicious anyway? week.